0: The Solution Word, with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. You were blessed by God. The Bible says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them. Look at what follows the blessing. And God said unto them, number one, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. now notice when the bible says when God said have dominion over the fowl of the air he's not talking about birds he's talking about aeroplanes All right. turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 10 Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22 Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22 I read It says the blessing of the Lord It maketh rich And he addeth no sorrow with it. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I am concluding the teachings we have been doing for the past four weeks. Titled benefits of the blessing. And this is part four. Benefits of the blessing. And this is part four we have already established that God daily loads us with his benefits God daily loads us with his benefits and God's ultimate desire for his children is to walk in the fullness of the blessing God's ultimate desire for his children is to walk in the fullness of the blessing and please understand like I've always said that our jobs are not the source of our blessing Jesus Christ is the source of our blessing that's why the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord it maketh it is a blessing that makes. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh. And he added no sorrow. When the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord maketh, that means there is power in the blessing to make you. You can be on the deserts of life today. The blessing can make you. It doesn't matter where you are. It has a power to make you, when you go to the house of the porter, you see the porter making a clay. He makes a clay, or he makes a, a pot. And how does he do that? He picks up a mud, makes it with water, and whilst he's mixing it with water, he's taking out the rough part, the dirt the rough particles. And then within his mind, he knows what he wants to make, either a mug or a pot or whatever. Within his mind, he knows what he wants to make. And then what he does is he turns on the wheel and puts the clay on the wheel. And when he puts the clay on the wheel, the wheel goes 360 degrees. It's turning, but whilst the wheel is turning, the clay is on the wheel and the porter's hand is by the clay. And then he starts molding. What is he doing? He's trying to make something. Are you following me? So that's what the blessing does. The blessing picks you up from nowhere and makes you into something beautiful and then once the porter makes that clay or with makes a, a glass or a nice pot what he does next is he puts it on the market and then someone buys it they see how beautiful it is and then they buy it now they did not see the beginning of that mud they only saw the end of it And the end of it was so beautiful. Do you get it? And that's what the blessing does in our lives. He picks us from nowhere and makes us into something great. Are you following me? He makes us into something great. So that's why we must desire the blessing. We must desire the blessing. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Psalm 68 verse 19, the Bible says, a Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the Lord God of our salvation. So when you are a child of God, there are benefits in God. We are living in the UK, and the UK has a benefit system. So as a child of God, we must understand that there are benefits in Christ Jesus. Psalm 68 verse 19, he daily, you see this benefit is daily. He loads us with his benefits daily. Not some of the days, but when daily. The question is, do you have the capacity to be able to receive the daily loads of his benefits? So he loads us with his benefits daily. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Psalm 103 from verse one to three, one to two. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse two says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So there are a lot of benefits in God. But you see, you have to discover the benefits in serving the Lord. For instance one of the benefits in the Lord is health and vitality. He said every ambassador is health. Amen. Every ambassador in other words every ambassador of Christ Jesus has a blood bought right to walk in divine health. That's why I can never be sick. Because I know what the benefits are. I know the vitamins I'm taking from the word. I can never be tired. My workload is beyond human understanding. I'm constantly working. I can, there are are some very lazy people around these days. They wake up 10 o'clock in the morning and they start yawning. 10 o'clock in the morning. The earliest I sleep, the earliest I sleep, it's about 1 a.m. Earliest I sleep. That's the earliest time I go to bed. Why? Because I'm always working. Jesus said, my father worketh, he, he, hitherto I also work. Why? Because a time will come you will never be able to work. So work now. We work now. Amen. So there are a lot of benefits in serving the Lord. Lots of them. Lots of them. You have to discover it and then appropriate it to your life. One of the other benefits is divine protection. When you are serving the Lord, he protects you supernaturally. Supernaturally. We've had testimonies in this church of of mothers' children being protected from harm. We've had testimonies in this church of people being delivered from accidents. So, serving the Lord has a lot of benefits. One of the benefits is when you are serving the Lord, you don't go to the night's club, it's a benefit. I know some Christians still do go to the nightclub, praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? When you are when, when serving the Lord, there's so much benefit. So many benefits. You don't have to spend money on buying dizziness. If you want to be dizzy, it's free. You don't have to spend money. Just spin 360 degrees and you'll be dizzy. That's all. You don't buy dizziness in a bottle. I'm teaching very well tonight. It's a benefit. One of the other benefits is that you are not a locomotive. There's no smoke coming out of your nose. Even locomotives have stopped smoking. How many of you, when was the last time you saw a train smoking? Trains have stopped smoking long ago. So how can human beings still be smoking? So there are a lot of benefits in serving the Lord. One of the other benefits is peace of mind. You have absolute peace. His word says that When your mind is stayed on Him, He'll give you peace. Peace. Peace like a river. Amen? And you can't buy peace from anywhere. You can buy a good mattress, but that good mattress cannot give you peace. You can buy a good mattress, but it won't give you sleep. Are you following what I'm saying? So serving the Lord comes with a lot of benefits. One of the other benefits is joy. Joy unspeakable. Unspeakable joy. Your life is not based on happenings. When you get paid and you're happy. No. Whether you are paid or not, you are happy. Are you following what I'm saying? Joy unspeakable, unspeakable joy. Amen? Amen. These are benefits in serving the Lord. One of the other benefits is he'll give you he said with long life will I satisfy you. Long life. No one dies young in your family. Like in this church, no one dies young. Mothers or fathers don't bury their children. Say a good amen to that. You'll never know the grave site or the graveyard of your children. You will die at a good old age. Minimum is 120 years old. That's a minimum. That's a minimum. It's a benefit. Your children will bury you at a good old age. You say, Pastor, I want to go early. Go early and do what? (laughs) Enjoy now. Enjoy the earth. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Enjoy the goodness of the earth now. Amen. 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 So there are so many benefits. We can't list them all. So many. There are countless benefits in serving the Lord. But you see, you have to discover these benefits for them to work in your life. For instance, within this environment, there are radioactive waves, but you can't see them. Isn't that right? Now, if you want to listen to something, you need a radio set to tune in to the frequency. And then once you tune in, you'll be able to listen to your favorite music or your favorite news station or your favorite radio station. The fact that you can't see it doesn't mean it does not exist. It does exist, but it cannot benefit you until you use the right set to tune in. It's the same applied to the benefits in the kingdom. Even though the benefits are available, freely available, it is your responsibility to discover it and appropriate it to your life. You have to discover it and appropriate it to your life. Are you following me? So if it's health and you don't know that divine health is your portion, you won't be able to have access to it fully. So it's very important for us to understand and know the benefits that the Lord has in store for us. Listen to me. In the beginning, the blessed one, the blessed one, God, blessed us. Genesis chapter 1, from verse 26 to 28. I want to take my time. Is that okay? I'm not preaching tonight, I'm just teaching. Is that okay? Praise God. In the beginning, the blessed one blessed us. The Bible says in Genesis 1, 26 and 28 to 28, it says, And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. Notice that. God created man in his own image. Not in the image of any other person, but in his own image. Now, if God created man in his own image, guess what? He can only create the best in his image. He will never create a counterfeit or a defect in his image because whatever image we see represents him. Right or wrong? Whatever image is of God is what he will replicate. If I want to photocopy uh, a scripture right now in the Bible, let's say Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I want to photocopy if I put it on the photocopier machine guess what will come out the same scriptures right I can decide whether I want it to come out colored or black and white but it will be the same words the words will not be distorted so far as so far as I have good amount of color in the, in the printer it will print the words exactly as they are on the page So when God wanted to make man, let's use this example. He took a photocopier machine and he photocopied himself. He took the image of himself and he photocopied it in heaven and put that photocopy image here on earth. So, you and I were made in his own image. Not in another man or another woman's image, but in his own image. And in the image of what created he, male and female, created he them. Now, please listen. When the Bible says that we are made in the image of God, it's not talking about our physical looks, our physical outward looks. Are you following me? The image the Bible is talking about is your spirit and my spirit. Because remember, God is a spirit. Remember, God is a spirit. So therefore, because God is a spirit, he can only create a spirit being. He can only create a spirit being. John chapter four, verse 24, Jesus said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. So everything that comes from God comes in a spirit form. So when God made us in his own image, it's not talking about your round face or your your. Your nice pointed nose. That's not what the Bible is talking about. It's talking about the spirit man. The spirit man. That's why in heaven, we'll be able to recognize ourselves. Not based on our flesh, but on our spirit. Because in heaven, there shall be no flesh. We're going to be spirit beings. So verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that, and God, after he has created man in his image, look at the next thing he did. The Bible says that, and God blessed them. And God blessed them. Look, look at the first word that came out of God after he created a human being. The first word, the Bible says that, and God blessed them, not curse them. He blessed them. So from the very beginning, without doing anything, you were blessed by God. Say a good amen to that. You were blessed by God. The Bible says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, look at what follows the blessing. And God said unto them, number one, be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the air. Now notice when the Bible says, when God said have dominion over the fowl of the air, he's not talking about birds. He's talking about airplanes. He, he's talking about rockets. as having dominion over the air the birds of the air. So a time is going to come, we are going to be flying in the air. Our cars are going to be air. Air car. Amen. Not road car. Air car. Air. My car will be in the air in my lifetime before I go to heaven. I'll see it and I'll own many of them. Let's take your claim now. That's what God is saying. He said you have dominion over the birds of the air. He's not talking about uh, 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 eagle or doves or or pigeons. No, that's not what he's talking about. God speaks the future from the beginning. What God was saying, having dominion over the birds of the air, is talking about aeroplanes. So if you don't have an aeroplane, you are not having dominion over the birds of the air. So very soon you have dominion over the beds of them. Say amen to that. That's what the blessing can do. The blessing makes, it makes you, it makes you into whatever you want to become. So quickly, let's look at that scripture in detail. There are five benefits of the covenant of blessing in there. Five benefits. Number one, the blessing makes you fruitful. Number one, the blessing makes you fruitful. When you're walking in the blessing, everything you do will be fruitful. I said it will be fruitful. Your mind will be fruitful. The works of your lips will be fruitful. The fruits of your lips will be fruitful the works of your hands will be fruitful Amen. so that's what the blessing that when the blessing comes upon you you are fruitful Amen. you are fruitful everything you touch is fruitful everything you touch number 2 when the blessing is upon you it causes you to multiply It causes you to multiply. You multiply in every dimension of your life. Everything you do enters into the realm of multiplication. Addition is good, but multiplication is better. I said addition is good, but multiplication is better. You are coming into the season of multiplication. I said, You are coming into the season of multiplication in the name of Jesus. Number three, when the blessing is upon you, it makes you replenish. You replenish. To replenish means to redo what was from there from the beginning. To reinvent to reply to replenish. You replenish. Number four, it causes you to subdue. Nothing can subdue you. You subdue devils. It says in rule in the midst of your enemies. You rule in the midst of your enemies. When the blessing is upon you, everywhere you go, you rule. You don't rule based on your degree. At work, you rule. You are number one. You subdue. People might be there before you go there, but when the blessing is upon you, you subdue that area. I remember when I came to this country many years ago, My first job was working at Boots, the chemist. How many of you know Boots, the chemist? That's where I started working. I started working as, um, I was stacking shelves, and then I was promoted from there to the tills. And then I said, no, I cannot just be doing cool, cool, cool. My brain is too sophisticated to be doing, just scanning things through the tail. And so I moved to another area and then I, I, I was there and then I started looking for opportunities in their company. And I, I just went no longer ago six months. And there were people in that place who have worked for 25 years. They've been at that same branch 25 years, earning the same amount for 25 years and they were happy. But when I got there, I said, no, I can't be here 25 years and be earning five pounds something, six pounds something. No, so I started asking for opportunities. So my, boy, my manager said, there's a pharmacy assistant course. This is the book for it. He ordered it, study, go and write the exams. I said, okay. I did, I studied, and everybody in the store heard that I'm doing it and they, they were wishing, I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna fail. Because once you do that course, your salary is increased. There are two chains of command in both the chemists. then, I don't know now, and that is the pharmacy side or the store manager side. So either you work your way to become a dispenser and then from there you can work to become a pharmacist or you work your way as a team manager and become a store manager and so on and so forth. But I decided this route is quicker and faster because the pharmacy area earns you more money than the store manager area because a store manager is not a profession. The pharmacy area is a career and a profession. So I went and I wrote the exams and then I passed. And so when I came, when I came back, there were some people, people who have been there 25 years, 30 years, they are so... Say with you, how did it go? The first, when I, they were waiting for me, when I got to the entrance of the door that day, they asked, how did it go? I did my face like this. I failed. And I come and see these people. They were rejoicing. I told you. We told you you failed. We told you. I said, ah, you see what's in the heart of human beings? The heart of man is desperately wicked. I didn't tell them I passed, but that's when I knew what was in their heart. But guess what? My salary jumped then from six pounds something to nine pounds 70. This was about what, 10, 12 years ago. Nine pounds 70 then. So when I got there, my mind was not to to conform but to subdue. And please understand me, there are many opportunities wherever you're working. Look for them. Ask questions. Don't be happy how much you are earning now. There is more to your life. I say there is more to your life. You can become bigger and better than where you are now. So when you're working in the blessing number four, the blessing causes you to subdue. And walk in wisdom. Don't go to work and tell your colleagues everything about you. Learn to separate your professional life from your private life. You go to work, oh, I'm doing this, this is my payslip, this is how much I earn. You can't do that. Jesus said, I'm sending you a sheep among wolves. Why? So you can operate in wisdom. Amen? Amen. The fifth word is the blessing causes you to have dominion. Oh, I love that one. Say a good amen to that. You see, the realm of dominion is a realm where no man or no nation can ignore you. Joseph became a dominator that nobody could ignore him. The whole world came to Egypt because of him to buy bread. And that's where I believe this church is going to. Where we are having dominion in every corner of the earth. Where you see the landmarks of this church. Dominion. Multitudes gathering lives being transformed, building schools, building universities, giving scholarships, transforming lives, bringing heaven on earth, bringing heaven on earth, bringing the mind of God into mankind. That is what will happen in this church. It's just a matter of time. A place where we are having dominion. Oh, next year is going to be an exciting year for us. I said, next year is going to be an exciting year for us. I've already heard from God. And he said, this church is going to be, have an exciting time next year. I'll keep some things But next year is going to be awesome. Amen. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had a very important call of something that will position us globally to have dominion as a church. Amen. I was there. I didn't call no one. I was there. And then the call came. Amen. God is working things out. Amen. Globally. Amen. <laughs> So there are a lot of benefits in the blessing. Amen. A lot of benefits, but you have to discover them and you have to appropriate them. The question we want to ask quickly is, I know I've just listed five benefits, but the question I want to ask is, how many benefits do we have access to in the blessing? How many benefits do we have access to in the blessing? Not five, there are more. Second Peter chapter one verse three and four. Second Peter chapter one verse three and four. And read it says, according to his divine power, has given unto us how many things? All, All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. He has given unto us all things. There is no limitation to walking in the blessing. He has given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Verse four, it says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. By this, God wants us to be what? Partakers of the divine nature. Do you know what it means to be a partaker of the divine nature? What it simply means is that you become a partaker of who God is. His divine nature. You become a partaker of it. Why? Because the Bible says that we are heirs of the kingdom. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So we have access to all things in the benefits. Sorry, in the kingdom. All the benefits in the kingdom, you and I have access to it. There is no limitation. Let me say that again. There is no limitation to what you have in the kingdom of God. God will never limit you and say, no, you can have just this and not have that. You have access to all things. Not some, all things. So now, it's your responsibility now to go and list the things that you want. Joy, peace, love, favor, health and vitality strength on every side joy unspeakable financial blessing signs and wonders miracles fruitfulness dominion so it's your responsibility to go and list them list them and see them for yourself once you list them then you have knowledge remember what he said what well, he said, listen carefully to what, what the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It says, whereby we are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by this ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. That's not what I want. Verse 3. Verse three, it says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertains unto life and godliness through the knowledge, through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge. So your knowledge of him, your knowledge of Christ Jesus determines the abundance of benefits you have in the blessing. That's so why you can't afford to be an ignorant Christian. You can't afford to be ignorant of the benefits you have in Christ Jesus. That's why you don't need to call no pastor at 3 a.m. when the devil knocks on your door. You know what you have through knowledge. Listen, the devil's number one weapon against Christians is ignorance. What you don't know will kill you. Understanding is key. When you read Matthew chapter 15 from verse 16 downwards, the disciples of Jesus were with him, but they had no understanding. And because of that, they missed the very reason why Jesus came here on earth. Jesus was revealing things for. Let's read it. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 15 from verse 16. And Jesus said, Are ye ye also yet without understanding? Yet they were with Jesus. Yet they had no understanding. Next verse, verse 17. It says, Do you not understand that whatsoever entered in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought they had no understanding of this simple basic teaching it's, Jesus was teaching them it's not what goes in that defiles a man he said it's what comes out of a man that defiles him it's not an issue of whether you've washed hands or not amen Verse 18, verse 18, it says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. It's not what comes out of you, it's what is within you. They were with Jesus who was opening the eyes of people into, to see the glory of God, but they had no understanding. Is it possible you could be a Christian and have no understanding? Yes. That's why you run to the wrong places to be deceived. Check, everyone who runs to the wrong places to be deceived have no knowledge. That's why God said, for lack of knowledge, my people, my people perish. As for the knowledge, God will not open your head and put it in. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. Very important scripture. Look at it. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 and 16. Look at what God said. He said, I'll give you pastors after my own heart. What is the purpose of these pastors that he's going to give you after his own heart? So that they will teach you knowledge and understanding. It says, I'll give you pastors according to Mine own heart, which shall feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding. So your pastor is very important. The pastor you have is very important. If the pastor is ignorant, you will be ignorant. (laughs) If all the pastor sees demon, 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 all you see is demon, demon, demon. (laughs) If all the pastor sees, which is, which is, which is, which in your family, which you, which, 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 All you will see is witch. Everybody, every time something goes wrong, you say, it's a witch in my village. Yet the witch in your village doesn't know the way to the airport. (laughs) God said, I will give you pastors according to my own heart and their responsibility is to feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and why? Because you need knowledge and understanding. Because it will help you. Uh, Ask for me. I want miracles. I want magic now. I want magic. God is not a magician. There's no magic in the kingdom of God, there's no abracadabra. And look at the purpose of this. Look at verse 16 of Jeremiah chapter 3. Look at what will happen. And it will come to pass when ye be multiplied and increase in the land. In those days, saith the Lord, they shall say no more. The act of the covenant of the Lord, neither shall it come to mind. Neither shall they remember it. Neither shall they visit it. Neither shall that be done anymore. Now the purpose of God giving you pastors after his own heart is so that you will be multiplied and increased. Say amen to that. When they feed you, when I feed you according to knowledge and understanding, the result of being fed with knowledge and understanding is being increased and multiplied. It's been increased and multiplied. That's why from day one, when you step into this church, up till now, all you experience in your life is increase and multiplication. Yes. Say amen to that. Amen. So understanding and knowledge is key. Hallelujah. Amen. I said understanding and knowledge is key. Listen, the blessing is God's enabling power. The blessing is God's enabling power. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. It is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is, this day so what the blessing does is the blessing enables you and gives you power it makes you strong it gives you the ability to make wealth and listen to this this is very important this is very important the blessing is a covenant and a covenant has two parts God's part and your part. God does his part. You have to do your part. The work you go to is a covenant. You go to work from the beginning. Have you noticed that when you started working wherever you are working, you were not paid a month in advance before you started working. You were paid after you worked for a month. So it's a covenant. You play your part, you start working from day one, from the first through to the 15th, and then you are paid from the first to the 15th. If you don't work to the 15th, you'll be paid to the 13th. So it's a covenant. You play your part, your company will also play their part. Listen, God is a covenant-keeping God. You play your part, he plays his part. So that's what the blessing is. The blessing is God's enabling power. It enables you and gives you the ability to flourish in the covenant. You do your part, God will do his part. You do your part, God will do his part. We're living in in times where people say, oh, we are no more in the dispensation of of the covenant. We're in the dispensation of grace. Yes, but even notice, salvation is a covenant. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved how? By grace through faith. Now, listen. The fact that we are saved by grace through faith simply means you have your part to play. God has his part to play. Grace is God's part. Faith is your part. Grace is what God has made available. Faith is what you have to do to take what God has made available for you. So, that's how the scriptures work. It's a covenant. You do your part. God will do his part. Please listen to me very carefully. This is very important. In life, you'll have daily opportunities to make choices. Every choice you make will come with consequences. Whether you like it or not. Whether you know whether the choices are intentional or unintentional. Every choice you make has consequences, whether positive or negative. Whether what? Positive or negative. If you make a choice to turn on the fire and put your finger on that fire and leave it there for two minutes, guess what will happen? Your finger will burn and the consequences is that you will have no finger there. You have to understand this. That's why Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to recall this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may lead. So you have the power to choose. What do you choose? The blessing. What do you choose? Life. So life and the blessing are the same. You don't choose the curse. Because whatever you choose comes with consequences. You choose the blessing, it comes with consequences. You choose the curse, it comes with consequences. What is a blessing? The blessing is simply defined as an empowerment to prosper. What is a curse? A curse is also simply defined as an empowerment to fail. They both do the same thing but in the opposite. That's why when Esau had the opportunity, Esau chose material things rather than the blessing. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 to 17, the Bible says, unless there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. The Bible never showed us that Esau was a fornicator, but what the one act he did by selling his birthright, he was linked and associated to a fornicator. It says, for lest a profane person or a fornicator as Esau who for one muscle of meat sold his birthright how sad for one muscle of meat he sold his birthright he despised the blessing the blessing was his birthright yet for one muscle of small piece of food instant gratification he sold the future He had no respect for the future. All he was thinking about is self-gratification. Now, 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 what can I get now? What can I mortgage now? I'm mortgaging my children's future now. What can I get now? It's the same with some nations. They mortgage the future of others for life. We're currently dealing with one. You might not like me for saying this. We're currently dealing with one. One person who has been there for years. For 30 something years. How many years do you need? One person. How many years do you need? That's greed. That's mortgaging. You're ruining a whole economy. Ruining a whole nation. You think. You see. It is said that if somebody is making a line. He doesn't see it as it's gone. It's gone crooked. Because he can't see behind him. It's only the one behind you that sees that the line is crooked. You think it's straight, but the one behind you can see that the line that you are making is crooked. If you have it in you to sort out the nation for 37 years, we won't see what we are seeing. That nation has been the the most battered nation on the earth. I have a portion in that land because I'm from that land. Are you following what I'm saying? Selling the future of a nation. Greed. Esau. His birthright. The blessing. He devalued the blessing. And so God called him a profane person and a fornicator. Fornicators sell their future today. What they can have tomorrow. They say, no, I don't want to wait for the marriage. I want to have it now. That's a fornicator. They sell the future now. They mortgage the future today. And there are a lot of those people in, in, in some part of the world. They think the country is for them. They finish, they transfer it to their wife or transfer it to their son. The country is not yours it's a nation it's democracy it's na- we don't pass it on yes. even this church is not mine in all humility I'm the founder of this church I started this church but it's still not mine it's not mine I cannot say tomorrow when I die I'll put my children there no it's not mine this is a church I founded in all humility, by grace. And yet it's not run like a monarchy. Anyway, let's... You say, I'll finish. i put my wife there. No, we don't do it that way. <laughs> we, we don't do it that way. We, we don't do it that way. Are you following what I'm saying? They have to be qualified. They have to be qualified. They are not qualified. They 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 are not permitted. Verse 17 of Hebrews chapter 12. It says, For you know how that afterward, when he sold his birthright, when he had inherited, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance. Can you see that? Even if he had repented, he would have found a place for the blessing. But after he sold his birthright, he did not repent. He thought it was okay. No, it's not okay. That's why you are rejected. The Bible said, though he sought it carefully with tears, he did it the wrong way. He should have sought it with repentance, not carefully with tears. So Esau chose the material rather than the blessing. What did Jacob choose? Jacob chose the blessing rather than material things. Remembering what God has done for you in the past makes you grateful and gives you confidence that the future will be greater. Say amen to that. Quickly as we get ready to close. Only those who are willing and obedient will walk in the blessing. Because those who walk in disobedience do not walk in the blessing. Only those who are willing and obedient to walk in the blessing. Why? Because those who walk in disobedience do not walk in the blessing. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Verse twenty, but say, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Five questions we need to ask to test your obedience. Number one, do you obey God, no matter how costly it is to you now? Number one, do you obey God, no matter how costly it is to you now? Number two. Are you faithful in small things to test your obedience? Number two, are you faithful in small things? How faithful are you in the little? I remember when we started this church, it was just me and my wife, faithful. But I was diligently preparing messages like I am now. Teaching it. I know I was coming to an empty church. But I was preparing, praying. Fasting, studying, preparing, and preaching. Jesus said, if you are not faithful with that which is little, who will give you that which is much? David was faithful on the backside with the little sheep he had. So God said, I can trust you with the whole kingdom. If you are given an opportunity in a department in this church, it might be little. Are you faithful with it? Because if you are not faithful with the small, God will never give you the big. And as a result of me being faithful, God started increasing the church. And increasing, and increasing, and increasing, and increasing. And it's becoming greater and greater. mightier and mightier. Why? Because God will always use the little to test you for the big things. Are you, little in the, in the, in the, are you faithful in the little things God has given you now? Number three, do you respond to the needs of people around you immediately? When someone is in need, do you respond to their needs immediately? You see a brother coming to church with the same shoe every Sunday for five years. Same shoe, same shirt, same trousers. Yet you can see, God has opened your eyes to see, and you don't respond. And you have what it takes to be a blessing. I remember my first job that I did, my first job that I got paid when I started working. My first job. There was someone who needed money to pay their fees. When I received my first salary, all of it went to that person to pay for their fees. All of it, my first job. The moment I received that salary, and that job was to count cars. You had to stand at a particular location and count the number of cars that were driving into that area and out. The day I received this, my, my pay, the devil started giving me ideas. I was just about to spend the money on something. God said, remember the value made. That's why I gave you this job. The first salary went to pay somebody's fees. Do you respond to the needs of people around you in the church? That's what the church is supposed to be. But you see, unfortunately, the church, many people have become very selfish, self-centered. Me, myself, and I. You ask God to bless you with a car. He blesses you with a car. And members come to church and they have no transportation home. And you drive with your car back home, empty. They say, Pastor, I don't want anybody to put their muddy shoes in my new car. Ah, really? Remember, everything God gives you is a test. Every blessing he gives you is a test. Number four, do you honor God in your tithes and in your offerings? Five questions to test your obedience. Do you honor God in your tithes and in your offerings? Hmm. Well, why, why should I give? Why, why should I tithe? Well, it's not by force. It's a, it's a question of honor. Jesus said, Where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. When I come to your house and I see the things you spend your money in, I know where your heart is. Like I've always said, the day you are going to move house and we come to help you, and your boxes are, you have more boxes of shoes, of clothes. Of makeups, of ties, of suits, and no books, we know where your heart is. Yes. <laughs> and you don't have a single box for shoe. For for books, we know where your heart is. It's rather unfortunate that many people spend more money on their body than their head. But guess what? Every part of the body has been able to be reproduced except the head. Why? Because there are millions and billions of nerves. They can make robots, but they cannot make a head. They cannot make the head because there are millions and billions of nerves. They have to connect all of them within a second for that robot human being to function. And that power is only in the hands of God, not man. Do you honor God in your tithes and your offerings? Number four, to test your obedience. Remember, Jesus' mother told the disciples and the servants in John chapter 2 verse 5. He says, whatsoever he tells you to do, do it. You might not understand it, but to help you.